This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, I'm Hester Prynne, and what I love about content is that you can make people feel exactly what you're feeling by creating something really cohesive and thoughtful. Content creation extends well beyond the written or even the visual. Honest and intentional expression is necessary to create an environment, atmosphere, and experience that connects a story or an idea to a brand's ethos. One expert on this is the popular and sought-after DJ and musical curator, Hesta Prynne, who works with brands to add an essential dimension to their messaging. Coming up in a conversation every marketing executive should hear, Hesta shares how thoughtful curation of music choices, lyrics, and themes can bring an event or campaign to an advanced level, and how music, as content, can elevate a mission's impact and provide a powerful thematic opportunity. From New York City, you're listening to Content Is Your Business, conversations with industry leaders and influencers covering the strategy and innovation of brand storytelling. First of all, Hesta Prynne slash Julie. Yes. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Amber Mundinger. I'm one of the co-hosts of Content Is Your Business, and I'm here with my fellow co-hosts, Michael Villasenor. Hi. And Natasha Chullerton-Brown. Hey, great to be here. And so first question, how are you two people at the same time? Oh my God, girl. <laughs> like, how long is the show? <laughs> um, so my name is Julie Slavin. Most people think my name is Julie Potash. That was my name five years ago. Now my name is legally Julie Potash Slavin. Um, but I used to be in an all-girl hip-hop group back in the early 2000s that some people know. It was called Northern State. We were like the most famous band in New York for like five seconds. <laughs> Literally. Like on the cover of Rolling Stones. I'm not kidding. Um, and I was a women's studies major and I was always into music and feminism. And I still am. Um, and I was in a band with two girls. One was my babysitter from growing up, and the other was her best friend. I and they that. said at a party, I was downloading music on Napster. It's so funny because I was so into Napster when that came out. And I would sit at the computer and download music and make, before we called them this, I would make us playlists, right? Um, and we would play a game with the CDs called Your Choice. I do a song, you do a song. I was always the person at the party doing that before I really knew that that was something I could get paid to do. Uh, and the two girls, we were drinking and I was doing my Napster thing and they were like, we're going to start a girl Beastie Boys and we want you to be in it. And I said... Well, don't call it something over the top like Hester Prynne or something. Like over the top feminist. <laughs> that's what I said. And they go, that's your MC name. And I became like MC Hester Prynne. But I spelled it incorrectly and it kind of stuck. And Good now I have that. like the red hair and I always wear red I'm like known for wearing like red clothes and red hair. Yeah. And so that became my thing. Um, but it's it's funny because when I'm Julie, which is really who I am, you know, I'm a mom and I have I have a wife and I'm a friend and all those things yeah. that we are. Um, but when I'm like the DJ, I have a different way in which I 
carry myself and <laughs> interact yeah. with the world. So, so what were you in the band? Were you so I was an MC, so I was a songwriter. We were mm-hmm. like we were a rap group and we yeah. toured with um the roots for two years and that's how I learned to DJ from Questlove in that experience. Because what I learned through that was that I loved writing and I still do and I know a lot of times in our industry, we talk about storytelling, right? You go to the panels and everyone's talking about storytelling. And I, too, love storytelling. And I think of myself as a storyteller. Um, But I love writing. And uh, I really was more interested in being a little bit behind the scenes than I was in the band. I was, like, very in your face and in my job now. And through the work with The Roots, I learned, oh, you can actually, like, be in music and do the thing that I do, which is know all of the songs and tell these stories and be a performer and get paid and be in the mix. But you don't have to be like a girl standing in the front mm-hmm. singing with a guitar. And that was uh, – Questlove is the one who taught me that that was a job. And that was really uh, – I really like found something that I'm good at that I like to do, which is cool. Which is amazing. Yeah, which is amazing, right? And I mean, I mean you're a DJ. Yeah. But you're also a curator of music, yes. and you you work with so many different brands. Mm-hmm. So, how do you see music as content, and how when you're working with a brand, does that inform what you're going to do with them and for their audience? Yeah, that's a, such a great question, and I have that conversation all the time. Um, so, there's a lot of different ways you can look at music as content. So, if we're at an event, maybe the most basic way you have a DJ comes and plays your party, and we all dance and have fun, and that's excellent, right? But totally. I start, and that is great. But I started really very early on um, doing things in a little bit of a different way because I am so interested in storytelling and lyrics and things like that. And the first event I did is a great example of how music is content. The first event that I did that I became really known for, where I got some real mm-hmm. attention. Um, And that was for HBO Girls, the launch of, I think it was season three of Girls. And they rented out this, it was like when Girls was, and Lena Dunham was the biggest thing in New York. And it's epic moment. Everything. And that was like, you know, she was the it girl, right? Right. Um, So every celebrity was there. And they rented this theater and um, there was going to be something like an hour while the celebrities did the carpet. And then they trailed into the theater one after another and sat down and they watched the show. And then there was going to be like an after party. So I had two segments. Um, and I just remember being thinking like, you know, this is an opportunity to tell a story. And I wasn't hmm. talking, having conversations like these with people like you yet, but I thought this is an opportunity to do something and tell a story. And how am I going to get myself noticed and hmm. create this energy? I have chills just talking about this. Create hmm. this energy of like what we are here to do and what are we here to do? Well, this thing is about girls. Lena's on them. This girl created the show and the show is girls and the title card is girl. And that's what we're doing. And so I created this mix that was all choruses of songs that use the word girls in it. So cool. it was mm, across cool. every genre. It took me, I mean, endless amounts of time I did it. And it was across every genre. And I live mixed it together. And I thought, well, I hope people notice this. But if they don't notice it, they'll f- experience mm. it mm-hmm. it'll be invisible and it'll be awesome and um just ironically Questlove was at that party and he was interviewed by the new york times because the new york times was at that party because it was such a hot party and they were said oh you know what are you doing here whatever and he said like this dj is killing it with this girl's mix and he didn't know it was me i wish he had but he didn't <laughs> And he came into the party and then he saw me and he walked up. He said, I just I saw your husband downstairs. I just talked to the New York Times and I talked about how the DJ was doing this girl mix. I had no idea that was you. And I was like, oh, man, how did I get that press? (laughs) So I missed out on the press moment. But 
that I started to make these like themed playlists. And I remember Century 21 was doing a relaunch of the I Love New York t-shirt and they Mm -hmm. had like Marc Jacobs and all these kind of like cool designers do it. Um, And they called me for Fashion Week. This was years ago. And they said, oh, we want you to do this event. Can you do something cool? And we want to make something that can like live online. Can you make us a mix that can live online? And can you help us do all the clearances? And I come from songwriting and music publishing, and I had a publishing deal. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's a new job for me. Now here's a piece of content, right? Mm-hmm. This mix that lives online. And I thought, well, how do I, how do I tell this story of what we're, we're doing? Well, what they're saying is I Love New York was a campaign that ran, I don't remember, maybe in the 80s or something. Yeah, early on. Yeah, early on. And they were bringing back attention to the garment district. And I thought about New York and fashion and New York in the 80s in this neighborhood that we're in right now, right? And so I created this mix of, like literally get chills. I created this mix of New York-centric artists that felt very specific and very relevant, not like when you go online and you say, oh, New York artists, who are the top 10 New York artists? Like it was very, very thoughtful and intentional and that's what I know how to do and that's what I love to do. And that was like a very successful piece for me. And so one final illustration of this is um, when Spotify first kind of like came to New York, um, the maybe like career changing gig that I got, I got through all of this kind of work. And I was recommended to play, uh, I think it was a consumer facing event. I can't remember. It also in this neighborhood. And it was a room about as big as this space. So however many square feet mm-hmm. this is. And they had Janelle Monet in one corner, Vampire Weekend in another corner, corners of a room. Not wow. a, not like a con- not like a concert hall. Yeah. Room. Uh, Janelle Monet, Vampire Weekend, Frank Ocean, and uh, DJ Subtract. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we heard you do this like music curation thing. And I said, oh, I like that title. Okay, I'm a music mm-hmm. curator. Yes, that's right. I do that music curation thing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> they said, we heard you do this thing where you know all the songs. Well, the 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 hashtag or whatever, the, the intention of this party is music for every moment. So we're having these four totally different artists. Can you tie them together? Hmm. And I was like, yes, I can. Hmm. And I spent a long time saying, well, how do you tie vampire weekend to janelle monet well that seems really easy to me because you go from vampire weekend to you know um paul simon to african music to motown to you know bruno michael jackson whatever and then you're you're janelle monet and so i did that with with all of these different artists and they hired me like 60 times after that until their ipo and that was like that company was like my bread and butter for a long time and they took me to can and they took me to South by and CES mm-hmm. and like that in, that introduced me to a lot of my other clients, which are now like the brightest and people yeah. and I love them. That's great. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking about music and songs are like are like somebody else going into a library and picking up a book. Like how do you remember all of these titles like and weave these stories together yeah and the new stuff too which is hard but I mean that's kind of like what I do so you know I think like if you walk into a space and it's you know decorated in a certain way or I work with the wing that's one of my clients and their space is really specific and the interior Mm -hmm. design is you know written about and featured in magazines all the time like I would not know how to walk into a space and say like this sofa should go here this accessory why this table instead of this thing why pink instead of rose right but those decisions make a huge you know difference and we all know that in events and in our homes to me I don't look at the space I'm hearing what we're hearing what we're experiencing hmm. so when I talk about music as content you know if you now 
instead of a brand activation, say you're doing, you know, a launch of a new product, right? Your company and you're launching a new product. It's like, how do you want people to feel about this product? Because if the product has, you know, whether it's music played at the opening or the product plays music, like, you know, the MasterCard thing, I, I heard about how right. MasterCard, you know, took them a long time to find their sound when you mm-hmm. hit the pay thing or, you know, what do you want it? your opening of your television show to feel like or when we go to your website and Mm -hmm. we see your brand new disruptive Mm -hmm. you know razor blade is it funny i did a thing for a disruptive razor blade company and the energy they wanted or the the tone that they wanted was kitschy like kind of late 50s early 60s like um palm springs kitsch and that was for this company flamingo and that was really Hmm. fun and we did some events around bingo but i curated some music for them that they used as assets that would that made you feel that way because their brand is fun and kitschy and light. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another brand, it's like if we're, what music are we listening to in the waiting room of a, you know, cancer hospital? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't want to walk into a place like that and hear nothing. I wouldn't. Right. You don't want to walk into a place like that and hear like Diplo. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you so know? Do, do people come to you with fully formed ideas as to what they want their clientele or their to well, feel, or do you help them through that process as well? Kind of both. Such a good question. Kind of both. I mean, usually people come to me with, um, you know, this is what we're looking to achieve. It's like the goal is, and the goals are sometimes the same. Everyone should be happy. Everyone should have fun and everyone should want to work with us. Okay, got that. Whatever the range of emotions is, like whatever they're trying to do, or this is a re- this is really new for us. This yeah. is really outside the box for us. And we want to be considered in the league with these companies or these brands or, you know, this is like a joyous moment for us and we're debuting something where this is a serious moment for us and we're honoring someone. And I, I feel because of music is where I go that what tells me what we're doing is the music. It's like when I walk into a space and we're honoring somebody in a very serious way, a person maybe who's had like a 40 year career of, you know, philanthropist or something versus we're launching a new product and it should feel fun and crazy. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of choices with the food and this decor and the lighting but the only choice that I really hear, it, the only choice that I notice really is the music. It's like if you're playing the right thing, I, I and I think a lot of people can overlook that you didn't get your space totally together, mm-hmm. that your lighting didn't totally come mm-hmm. together, or that the host is 30 minutes late, or that the band is right. missing. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. But if you get the music wrong and everything else but is right. If you right, get the music well, wrong, everything is wrong. <laughs> yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I would also add to that, if your music is too loud... That's a huge mistake I see a lot of places when I go places and the music is too loud. But another way people are using music as content is, you know, I did this fashion show for Laureus, uh, which is mm-hmm. Sport for Good. Um, it's, a, a, I guess, a, a, I don't know if we use the word charity. Is that a word we're using? It's a mm-hmm. charity that, like, use, um, works with professional athletes, like, you know, Olympic level mm-hmm. athletes and um, helps bring sports programs to schools that are underserved. Um, and I needed to curate all of the music for their fashion show that we just did and all these kind of famous like Olympians and athletes walk in the show and it's really fun and it's like all in a very positive headspace and um, but I couldn't use any music that was you know I had to use like stock music stock music is a really big challenge they didn't have a budget to create music like a big Mm. brand would because they were a charity that would have been the right move let's like you know all music supervise this and we'll have some people write something cool for this but they had a budget for stock and I have a stock company that I think is better than the rest. And mm-hmm. I kind of negotiated that deal for them. And I said, like, OK, look, we want this to feel a certain way. We're working with limited resources. Let's look at who's on the runway. 
And there were a lot of NFL players in their 50s on the runway. And I said, what were these guys like growing up to? What is going to make them feel cool that's like stock music? And I found like a lot of really cool funk sounds, right? Because funk is something that you'll get a lot in a stock library. And I mixed it together in a way that it felt real. And people were like dancing and like rolling down the runway. And like nobody really got the message that like we were using kind of like you know, like it the felt custom to them. Yeah, it felt, yeah. Like, <laughs> it felt custom. Yeah. Now, you, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's content in that, like, you know, it's uploadable. Like, no one's downloading that mix. I'm curious to, like, so uh, the storytelling mechanism, we've, we've been through these conversations mm-hmm. a lot, and often it's I create content or stories in a one way, right? I, I produce something, you consume it on the other end. As a DJ and in your capacity, do you, is it two way in that you may miss a beat or you feel like it's not, the audience isn't responding in the way that you were intending? And how do you handle that situation? And do you switch it up or do you give yourself enough sort of breathing room? Yeah, that's such a great question. No one has ever asked me that, like ever. People sometimes say like, we want this, this, this. We're very like inflexible on that, but we want you to read the room. Right, right. And that's that's what I always ask, who's going to be in the room? Are they, what's like the gender breakdown, makeup? And how old are they? Because if I know how old you are, I know what you listened to when you were 17 Mm. and that is what you like the best. So I have to know like what that history is and I have to be able to do math really quickly. Um, But the answer is, yeah. I mean, when when you are DJing a set, even in a theme, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I always come with like, how can I help? How can I be of service? Like, how can I help you create this whole thing? And I think that's why people like to work with me. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be the star. I was the star. I wanted to take a step back, like I was saying in the band. But I'm here to help you create whatever the message you're trying to get across is. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say, well, we discussed it this way. So it has to be this mm-hmm. way when it feels totally wrong. Like no one's message no one is trying to communicate a message of bad tone, like the the wrong tone. So I will switch it up. I mean, I feel like probably when I was uh, first starting doing these things in theme, especially, mm-hmm. I really like I didn't know how to work with keys as well as I do now. And also the technology has changed. So you have a lot more flexibility now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand like I mean, I played piano and studied music theory, but I didn't really understand how to do that as a DJ the way I do now. So I was like, you know preparing a lot yeah and then i would feel a little bit rigid yeah and that can be paralyzing right but i think like with all of our jobs like with experience you learn to trust yourself and there there came a point in my career like you know i'm very into like muhammad ali and how he talked himself into i must be the greatest i must be the greatest and he never Mm -hmm. heard he never allowed himself to hear that he was going to lose that rumble in the jungle and then he won so it's like there have been times in my career where i've done well when I was really scared and I've said to like big high profile things, I opened for Kendrick Lamar when he put out that big album and for Spotify and I did a whole California up and down the California mm-hmm. coast nice, thing. Nice. Another idea of mine. And Kendrick loved that. He like sought me out and I came and we talked about it. It was great. But like I was really, really scared. And when I'm scared and it goes well, what I try to do is say to myself, like literally like neuroplasticity, I say to myself, you were scared and you did really good and everybody loved it and the client is happy and everyone danced and you're proud of yourself. You must have some talent. You must be good. You must not be bad. On your worst day, you must still be better than probably someone who's not as good as you. So just remember that. And when I feel nervous about stuff, I say that to myself. I say, you must, you must be good or you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be here. Right, right. You didn't, this isn't your first job. You must be good. They must know because they've already hired you like eight different times. Like Twitter hires me all the time and I'm always doing cool, weird things for them. And I'm like, they 
they like me. So I guess I can just do what I want, right? They get it. <laughs> they get it. What's well, yeah. fascinating is like, you, and, and to pull back even to like the tools have changed. Yes. Uh, but what I'd imagine has been true is you're, that you're, you have a sense of empathy as a creator your entire career. You can't teach yourself empathy, but you may have already had it. And that's your awareness, your audience, et cetera. And the tools have allowed you to build on it and the experience, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I think that's fascinating. Trying to keep like my ego in check. I mean, I think yeah. like the, maybe like the, positive and negative side of like being like a woman in music a woman in tech whatever like right, being right. the only girl in the recording studio for so many years yeah. and still now i mean i work with as many females and women you know led brands <laughs> and all of that very very purposeful for many reasons one of which is that i was so tired of being disrespected totally um but i think that when you are like a woman in a man's world and probably any body who's a somebody in a somebody else's world you there's you don't have the luxury of having an ego and it's like i it never occurred to me that i should like have an ego and be think yeah. i was better like like no blah 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 blah, blah. Right, almost yeah. to the point where sometimes people like a, a client i actually had last night as a matter of fact uh still sometimes will try to like take advantage of me a little bit and push me to mm. do things that we didn't really agree to and not mm. really fulfill their part of the social media deal and all that kind of like little stuff you know yeah. but ultimately i feel like i want to collaborate and be of service and not be like at home making music in my bedroom mm-hmm. right and okay. it's like if you don't want to do that if you want to be in control of everything like you can feel free i know a lot of record producers that i worked with in the 2000s who are probably still producing records that no one's heard and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's a choice. And and by the yeah. way, my choice is not better than their choice. Some right, people might right, call right. their choice artistic yeah. integrity and my choice selling out. But right. I'm enjoying my leather pants that I'm wearing today. And, <laughs> and, look, and your makeup looks and my makeup fabulous. Looks and I was at a fancy event this morning. So like it's all yeah. good. You know? Yeah, that's great. Coming up, you'll hear how Hesta Pren creates brand storytelling through music. Entrepreneurista. A woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneurista podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurstapodcast.com. normal visual and perception and definition of an artist who they do one thing they do it incredibly well and they do it in this way or to this genre da, 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 da. you are so malleable in that you can read people and you're being asked to create these pieces that are just mm-hmm. across spectrum mm-hmm. and I mean are there many people like you um first of all thank you that's so nice of you to say and it's nice to hear that and like I'll take that in because I I sometimes uh, I sometimes see that in a different that's a very nice frame for what you just said I sometimes see that in a different way because I'm me and we're all like our own worst enemies right um, I don't think there is anyone that does what I do 
I know there's companies that create music for people. Sometimes they call me and I meet with them or talk to them and I'm like, I don't really need your company. Like I mm-hmm. kind of got this. And I know that there's a lot of DJs who do events and sometimes, you know, a brand wants to work with someone with the biggest social media following. I have a nice Instagram following, but it's not in the hundreds of thousands. And that's a specific talent. You know, that's a thing. But I feel so lucky that I work with the brands I work with. And I don't think it's like a coincidence that these really sort of successful, like blue chip clients of mine are calling me because they, you know, they got there somehow. They got to be those companies. And mm-hmm. I think it, I like to think that it is because they are doing things, you know, that are like with intention and that are thoughtful. And if they want to be relevant and they want to be authentic, they have to call someone like me. They can't yeah. call a big company that's trying to do this where mm-hmm. there's a million cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they can't call someone with a giant Instagram following because that person's not trying to put their ego aside. Yeah. You know, you're evolving with them as a brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. In, in they its, don't. In they the don't want to rinse and repeat of the last event. Yeah. They want something different, and I think that that's so special and unique. Thank you. In the, in in the best partnerships, like I've been able to do that. You know, so Twitter does this um, amazing series about you know with women these women's sort of like brunches and luncheons, um, and they call them uh, hashtag Here We Are and hashtag She Inspires Me, and we've done them like all over the world actually, and I've been involved with like many many of them, and I always pretty much do all female vocals because I do think it sets an energy, an invisible energy that is empowering and feels correct to me for what they're doing. But I do it in a little bit of a different way, depending on like what part of the world we're in. Is mm-hmm. Does this feel more chill and we're in the South of France and we're drinking rosé? And I, I actually brought um, a female saxophonist to play with me last time and I have a violinist I work with and I have a bunch of really cool, awesome dancers. Like I have people who I'll bring in for certain things Um, or like, you know, in Vegas, it feels different. The energy in Vegas Mm -hmm. feels one way. Mm -hmm. The energy in France feels another way. So even though we're doing all women, I make it the right thing. And so I love working with a brand like that because I think they're awesome and they're like, you know, leading the way in a lot of things and they have a lot of women's initiatives. And I love that they will let me work with them. It's like my career is, you know, I hustle a lot. I take a lot of meetings. I'm always, I'm doing a lot of things to get these jobs. So it's nice when you have like clients that, you know, where you more of your time is spent being creative. How do you, you know, I mean, like you said, you work with so many blue chip brands, but then also, you know, you're the resident DJ at the Whitney. Oh, yes. And how do you think about creating that musical content when it's paired with art in a museum and is it do you walk through and look at you know that exhibit or you know and what's going on and that infuses the content that you're creating in the music what's that process yeah so first of all the Whitney is my favorite museum in New York and it used to be in a different location it's a good one it's the best when I was in high school I would walk through the Whitney Museum of American Art because you could do it all in like one day and I would literally literally I would walk through the Whitney and fantasize about having a life where I could be an artist in New York City. And I know I'm an artist sort of in some ways, in some ways I'm not. I work with brands. That's why I was saying I enjoyed your reframe. The life I was dreaming of was not exactly this one. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still like such a thrill that I get to work with the Whitney. It's like I can't even get over it. That being said, like, you know, they are really specific in what they're doing. Um, I did the whole like Warhol – uh, like season with them when they did like that Andy mm-hmm. Warhol retrospective. Mm-hmm. And so 
they did this opening party and they wanted it to be, they were really specific with what they wanted when you talk about being flexible. This is probably one time I was not so flexible, right? They wanted it to be, um, it was the the, uh, the uh, on-sale date for the tickets and it was Andy Warhol's 90, 70th, would have been his oh. 70th birthday. I can't remember mm-hmm. how old he was. It would have been his 70th birthday or something like that. 90th birthday? I don't know. And uh, they were like, we want music that is like Warhol's birthday about Warhol. And they sent me mm. some really dope art books about Andy Warhol. And they were like, here's your material. We should <laughs> turn in your paper. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. And, you know, that was like, that was a really big job. And so I learned, I took, I, they gave me a private tour through the exhibit, which was amazing with like mm-hmm. a, you know, a real, this guy, Joel Snyder, there is like the, you know, I mean, that's the person you want to give you the tour of the Warhol exhibit yeah. if you ever take one in your life. And I learned a lot about his, you know, Andy Warhol's um, beginnings in advertising and that he had designed all the covers for these, you know, albums, some of which were iconic, some of which were not, and how he managed the Velvet Underground and, of course, the factory and all that stuff we know. But there were so many songs inspired by Andy Warhol and that name checked Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. And there was so much music around Andy Warhol and what he created here in New York. And I needed to fill this whole night with that. It was maybe like four hours or something. Mm-hmm. It was a long event. And I remember last summer planning that out with a paper and a pen. And I was like, hour one, hmm. New York City rock and roll music from 19 this to this. Hmm. And I put in songs for albums that covers it. Like every single song was chosen. Hour two, New York City, 1972 through 19. 19- and I was like, you know, look, if I'm going to do this rigid art thing, like this is the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that this is going to I remember being very nervous about that. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be like, should the goal be that like I should make everyone have a good time and we're having like a fun party? Or should the goal be that I am pre- presenting this in in collaboration with like the Whitney Museum of American Art and what they're doing? And I decided on the latter to answer sort of your mm-hmm. question about mm-hmm. reading the room. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a wild dance party. And if I had played some like Stevie Wonder or even some like Ariana Grande, it probably would have like lightened the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, what what was the yeah, room? I'm fascinated. Yeah, yeah. What was the vibe? I mean, the, when you played the Whitney in that room upstairs where they had that party, did you come to that party? I did come you to did that come. party. So you remember, maybe. I remember. It was, it was like, you know, there's some real like wacky out there, like older New York City people who probably I was going to start dancing through the room just to like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then there's some like, you know, young aspirational artisty types like I was walking through the Whitney being like, oh, I'm here. Let me try to like fit in with my yeah, right, weirdest right. outfit on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So like, you like, need to take a deep breath. Yes, totally. There's a, there's a lot of that, yeah, which yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. so special and right, beautiful. Right. And and you can see, you know, in their shoe that they're like trying out the shoe, you know what I totally, mean? Totally. And then there's some really cool, interesting people in clothes that they made. And then there's like a lot of older people and mm-hmm. people who want to go there to talk about, you know, Warhol and they want to talk about Bowie and like they, you know, people are there with like their own thing. It's not like a, you know, and I, I know I could have gotten that room really moving and like made that party mm. pop off, but like they had a they had something they were trying to do, and it's an art museum. And it's like if you can't be like fucking uptight and inflexible at an art museum, like where are you supposed to be uptight <laughs> and inflexible, <laughs> right? So I remember doing that, and that was a real um, that was a, that was a real challenge for me as far as mm-hmm. like being like a performer and being an artist and a curator. Like I I definitely went down like a rabbit hole of like. Who am I? What have I done? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Well, they clearly liked it. Was you. Good. Yeah, 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 they do <laughs> like me back there. Yeah. A few times. But I didn't know if it was. I honestly yeah. didn't know if it was good. And I was like, mm. was that the right choice? Was it mm. good? But the thing with the Whitney is like, it's not like a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their agenda is so much 
it's such a larger agenda over mm-hmm. the course of months and years as opposed to like we're doing this brand campaign that's going to be like, you know, three months long. Right. Do you have moments when you're alone and you're consuming music and yes. you're just enjoying it? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm guessing I, I tend to be in this sort of strat as well. It's like lyrics have a huge impression on what I'm listening to. Uh, one, what are you listening to right now? Mm-hmm. And two, more recently, what are lyrics that have kind of got stuck in your head that have inspired you to do something different? Oh, that's, that's like. such a good question. Gosh, I have not been asked this question in so long, and I'm so grateful for it. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I love that. People like people want to tell me what they're listening to. Like, mm. I DJ, people are always like, have you heard the Dilla blah, blah? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. literally playing that now. They're like, you know Dilla produced that. And then I'm like, I know, because I'm playing the record. Stop telling me what it is. Or they'll be like, I used to DJ in college. And I would play this right, dance right, music right, in the right, 90s. Right, right. I'm like, I fucking get it. But like, you know. No, I mean, I literally, I literally have songs that I play when going up the escalator out of the subway. Yeah, that, like, right. Trigger right during the right weather that kept me, you know, going. Right. What uh, is, what, 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 and now I want to hear yours. No, So I have like, what I'm enjoying right now, like when I'm like, I'm going to listen to a song. I love. Todger Call. Okay. I love Todger Call. Is that surprising? Like, I find, like, the, I'm very surprised no, by that. No, no. Um, Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels is, like, my current, like, theme song. And I play it. I've, I've played it. I played it at an LG launch that I hosted with a football player on Saturday. People don't really know what it is. I played it at the TLC event that I did oh, for Ad Week. Last I played night. It, yeah, last night. I played it um, for – I'll mix it in because it has so many parts to it. But I what I love about Todger Call is, like, I love that Todrick Hall has created this career for himself. And I watched the movie about him that they shot like two years ago. And he, I guess he was up for an award, uh, up for a part in, um, on Broadway. And he didn't, he didn't get it or he was not going to get it. And he was like, you know, I really want that part in like Kinky Boots and hopefully I'll get it. And maybe I won't. But like I'm currently starring as the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Witch, Dorothy, and, you know, the Cowardly Lion on the Todrick Hall YouTube channel. So I'm like, fine. (laughs) I like that. You know, it's like he does. He's just making his music. and I like that. But I like his music. Okay. On the pop side, I love Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. I love everything she does. Almost. Um, What's really cool and useful for me about Ariana Grande is that everything Ariana Grande does is in like the low 70 BPM range, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is trap music and what I call face tattoo rap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's all I call in it like sleepy rap, but yeah. 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 That's all. What'd you call it? Sleepy rap. Yeah, I call it face tattoo rap. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all in the low 70s yeah, and that's yeah. very useful for me because what I like to do is like when I'm doing stuff, I always try to make everybody feel cool. I'm like very inclusive, mm-hmm. be of service, right? So like sometimes you need to push people a little bit to make them feel cool. I mean, you usually you should push people. How mm-hmm. far depends on who's in the room. But mm-hmm. like when I need to push people, I'll play like some trap. I'll play some like um, some of that face tattoo rap mm-hmm. always makes people feel cool and a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. But like if I push them a little too far with that, I'll bring them in with Ariana because it's like a guilty pleasure. Nice. But it's also very good when you hear it very loud. Right. Right. A lot of a lot of rapper verses on there that like, you know, a Nicki Minaj verse, you didn't see that coming. Like there's a right, lot of, there's right. a lot of that. So I listen to a lot of Ariana Grande. I really also on the pop side, I really love um, Halsey. And when you talk okay. about lyrics, yeah. um, I love that song, um, Without Me. Is uh-huh. it Without Me or Without You? That was Without You. Without You. I could, you. Be, wrong. I could you. be wrong. I could be wrong. No, it's without me. Oh, it's without Thinking me? Okay. you could live without me. <laughs> oh, um, there you go. <laughs> I like the lyrics to that song. She says, baby, I'm the one who put you up there. Or something so high, but too far away to hold me. Do you know the one who puts yeah, you yeah, up yeah, there? Yeah. Your name in the sky. Does it ever get lonely? And you know it's about G Easy. Yeah, I'm yeah. a real pop culture, <laughs> and you know it's about G Easy. And like, I think it's like the 16 year old in me is like, I don't respond so much to Taylor Swift, so it's like the 16 year old in me is like, 
man, that is so awesome that she like wrote this song about this guy and he cheated on her. And we all, whoever cares, but I do, we all know that's what happened. And Mm -hmm. she's singing this song about how she made him famous, Hmm. which she kind of did. And then he cheated on her and she's hurt and she's showing this vulnerability. I like get chills from this. It's like that really speaks to me. So I I like those lyrics a lot. I really yeah, love awesome. lyrics where like you really know what the artist is talking about. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You know right, what I mean? When right. I was a songwriter, I was writing with like, you know, rappers. I wrote with Fabulous a lot. And it's like I didn't really understand that as a songwriter. I was always trying to like – because I was young, I think. I was trying to write like what I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this sounds cool. Let's say this. That makes us sound cool. Yeah. And like – Really, when when I became a better songwriter, when I, I wrote some other sort of like stuff in the pop world that was like maybe like B minus hits type of thing, I learned from a producer I worked with a lot that what you need to do is be honest. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I don't think, uh, secure enough to do that at the time. And so when I listened to that Halsey record, it's so honest. Yeah. Hmm. You know? How do you take that, the like the songwriting, that storytelling, and how do you translate that into when you're thinking about a music strategy for a brand that you're working with? Well, I think that like if you're talking about like music strategy, so we're not like maybe events-based, like, you know, uh, there's a client that I actually pitched recently. So they make like a fitness device, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I did an event for them that was like a yoga class and I like, they basically were like, do you you mm-hmm. show up and do your thing and i was like okay cool and so i like reimagined yoga music and it was cool mm-hmm. it was a really fun set i put it on my spotify and people liked it and whatever and i pitched them some ideas and i was like you know who are you trying to reach like what are the artists that speak to those people can we like show how are those artists using your device like maybe on tour to like stay in shape because being on tour is so mm-hmm. physically challenging to the body so like are they using that or you know in addition like can we have them you know, can we have like cool DJs, not me, like other, you know, DJs, mm-hmm. like celebrity DJ types, you know, who make like Diplo, who like produce music, you know, come in and like spin at your class. Like I did that with Soul Cycle mm-hmm. some years ago. And like, can we have them come in and like spin in your class? And then we can like do lots of, you know, video content around that and show people how like we can integrate the device with like the, you know, the BPMs of like, okay, we're spinning at 136. Wow, that's really fast. How's your heart rate going? Can you see it on the device? You know, like right. that could be really fun. And hmm. so like when I talk to when I get asked to like pitch ideas like that, that's harder, but also really fun. And that I'm usually asking a lot more questions like mm-hmm. from the brand, like who who do you like when I show you this girl and this is what this artist stands for and this is who she is and she's edgy in this way and this is what she sings about or this girl who's talking about this in this confessional style right, and, and right, you know right, talking right. about all these kinds of things like who are you guys are you like the edgy cool are you Dua Lipa she's edgy and cool and we don't mm-hmm. really know that much about her and we, she probably doesn't write the music I don't think but she right. looks awesome and she sings on those records maybe she's not the best singer I don't know but I mm-hmm. like her music she's mm-hmm. another artist I really like or are you Halsey who's mm-hmm. writing the songs and singing from her heart mm-hmm. and and heartbreak but doesn't really have like the hits that are gonna like bring the house down like who, right, who are we right, right. and so I kind of start there with like you know can you tell me some artists I'll make you a playlist which songs are you responding to what is it that you like about the song is it the beat is it the feel is it the lyric is mm-hmm. it the picture of the artist you're seeing mm-hmm. and so when I can kind of figure out like who are we as a brand then it's like okay here's some artists we like or here's some songs we like how could we build an activation around that or some video content mm-hmm. around that or a custom song let's have that artist come in and do a song about you know I, I, I'll I tell you about something I went to this last week that was amazing I did this big, big launch for 
LG Craft Ice, which is like a refrigerator that makes like big ice cubes this big. And it's like they built this whole like awesome like bachelor pad. Like the theme was kind of like bachelor cocktail paradise. And this uh, NFL player was like hosted an IDJ to have this amazing violin. I work with violinists come, a female violinist, and she played. And we had like a house party. But and, I, and then I curated the music for the entire space. That was a big job for mm-hmm. a whole weekend. But they did an event on Thursday night, the opening party, where they had like a British Bake Off make me a drink between the refrigerators called LG Craft Ice. And by the way, this is like not an ad because it was so good. Like, I mean, it kind of was. They did pay me, but that's not what I'm talking about. They had vanilla ice and iced tea. Amazing. Stop. Hosted by Miss Angie Martinez doing like a British bake off, make me that drink <laughs> using the ice cubes from the thing. But like, Amazing. That's it was awesome. You know, that was really, I didn't work on that. I did everything else. But when I was doing my parts of it, it's like when I learned what they were doing, I was like, oh, they're doing a refrigerator launch and they get the tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they get it. Like they get that the agency, you know, they get that it's like, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's funny. It's I like we're that. launching yeah. a refrigerator in Manhattan in mm-hmm. this fabulous, like, bachelor cocktail world and let's build this world and like who would be there in your fantasy you're living your mm-hmm. best fantasy of this iced tea and vanilla ice it was like walking into somebody's bizarre dream you know <laughs> i love that so that was really cool and so i think that like you know when i get asked to do music strategy i love working with companies like that who are like really understand mm-hmm. what they're doing who they are yeah who they mm-hmm. are up next we'll explore the personal side of julie to laugh do you love great interviews with a lot of heart do you like good stories do you like to hear about life well good news because if you listen to a show called funny people talking all of that happens right danielle all of it happens every single thing you said on that list and more elsie does any of it not happen it all happens Come on, Elsie. Okay. It really right. happens. Okay, well, you should join us on Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network. You can find us anywhere you can find a great podcast. And I know it's true because these people loved it. <laughs> Only for a short time while they were listening to the show, Then Life Sucked. Listen to Funny People Talking. touch on instagram and facebook at mouth media network and find prior episodes at contentisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found personal question what is the one thing that off the top of your head you really feel thankful for out of your relationship with Questlove? saying that you know you were talking about earlier he really helped you kind of guide you in this direction from a DJ perspective? I think more he inspired and inspires me. Like everyone has to have a bar Mm -hmm. and he set the bar really high for me because I saw him perform so many times and he's so clever and full of like knowledge and tricks and hidden messages in his music. And most people don't catch any of that. And I catch a lot of it. I probably don't catch all of it either. And so When I was first starting out, I was never – I'm not a lazy person, but I was never lazy in what I was doing. I was always like, why does this one go into the next one? And Mm -hmm. when he came up to me at that party, the girls' party, he said – I was talking about you in the New York Times, whatever. And he said, I always liked 
walk in a room and think, well, what's the DJ doing? Like, what are they, what's the what story are they telling to, why are they do? what are they doing? Hmm. And it was like, he said that as if like, that's something that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And at 99% of events I go to, I would say 100% of events that I go to, the DJ's not doing that. Mm-hmm. They're just playing a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes and it's a good reaction, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like, mm-hmm. our, what are we learning here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what's the... What's the depth behind it, I guess? So that's the bar. In my best moments, that's what I'm doing. So Hester Prynne, aspirationally, where would you be? What audience? What music? And when? Like your, if you could DJ anything. Lately, I'm really enjoying when uh, brands or activations come to me to help them design the whole strategy. So it's like, what does this pride float sound like? And what is the mix going to be like? I'll do the mix for you, obviously, live or I'll record it. Now, who's on it? Well, these dancers, and I'll hire them, and I'll audition them, and I'll get the right people. And what are they wearing? Well, I'll hire the um, the costume designer. And now we have a cohesive vision because it all came from, like, the same place, mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. like, six different, you know, yeah. brains. And I love working with other people, but I love to be part of the whole sort of, like, entertainment picture as opposed to just – like, okay, you're doing the music, but this person's doing, like, the other talent. Well, how does that make sense, though? You know? But without mm-hmm. the restraints of a brand yeah. and a brand mission, oh, where girl, would you... I'm like, that's the, that's the bad <laughs> Does everyone ask you that? <laughs> well, it's more like, I love working for brands because it's like, I found a way to make this a job that works for me. And I have the best brands and the best clients and, like, all the, you know, best C-speed people and all the people on their way up. And I know like the best people that I love. I I love my clients. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's so great. And I love working with people. If I didn't have all of this work, I don't know how I would be, what I would be doing Mm -hmm. in music. That's, Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot. Like if I didn't like need to work for money. Would you still do it? What would I do? Isn't that like all of our, don't we all sometimes (laughs) think that? Maybe you'd wander through the Whitney. Yeah, maybe I would. Maybe mm-hmm. I would. Or maybe I would take that. Maybe I would work at the Whitney, like do that job like once a month, just DJ at the Whitney. And that would, but I would spend all of my time for the other 29 days a month working on that and create like the most cool, weird, artistic, like musical mm. installations mm. that I don't really have time to do. That's probably what I would do. There you go. With like sounds that I like record in the street mm-hmm. and like, mm. you know, all kinds of weird stuff. Like I, I still do that sometimes. I'll mix in like movies. Like I did a mix for like a 40th birthday thing that one of my clients had a private thing. You mm-hmm. know, she was like, oh, could you do this for my husband's party? And I said, yes. And like I mixed in like movie soundtrack stuff of like the oh, moment. Cool. Like how can they teach them to read if they can't even <laughs> sit in the building? <laughs> <you know? laughs> Because, like, that's our movies from, you know, if you're turning 40, like, you get it. So I would probably spend a lot of time, like, making um, sonic montage. Oh, that's definitely what I would do. I would do, like, sonic montage because I really love montage. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. God, I wish I had time to do that. (laughs) (laughs) you got to be really Uh, rich to do that, though. Yeah. (laughs) You had mentioned 17-year-olds and uh, the music you listened to then kind of sticking with you the rest of your life. Um, What was 17-year-olds? you listening to um tori amos okay mm-hmm. who i listen to all the time whenever i need like a hug yeah, yeah. i put on tori amos uh scarlet's walk nice nice i listen to that record a lot <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to that on the way home actually 
Um, but whenever I need a hug, I listen to that. So I listen to a lot of that. I listen to a lot of Courtney Love, mm-hmm. like the glossy Courtney Love and the non-glossy. I'm like, Amber and I. Um, I listen to a lot of Pearl Jam. I was like madly in love with Eddie Vedder. We have kind of like the same vocal range, so I was able to sing along to that. Nice. Um, I listened to like a lot of Elton John for the same reason. I listen to mostly like Hot 97. Nice. And like, mm. you know, that made me like a feminist, like the yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg record Doggy Style is like the most important album of my life because I was like, whoa, I'm really responding to this. Like, what are these feelings? And then I was like, whoa, what are these lyrics? Like, I didn't realize I was a bitch. Like, I didn't realize I was a girl until I heard this. Literally, I was mm. like, oh, oh, that's weird. Like that, that, that record taught me about like what it meant to be like female. Hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why I was in like a feminist rap group. And that's why right. I became like a feminist woman. And I totally. went to Oberlin and I like that record is like, totally. like Snoop Dogg did that for me. That's I know awesome. it's so funny, but true. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I listen to a lot of classic rock too, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I listen yeah. to like a lot of Credence and I listen to a lot of like Crosby, Stills and Nash. And like I saw like 17 Grateful Dead concerts and, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm, it's hard to ask me what I was listening to because yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. to everything. But I wasn't really listening to pop back then. But I think mm-hmm. you're right with the, like the Tori Amos. Um, yeah, I love Tori. Do you like Tori? Yeah, I'm trying to think of there's other – I'm trying to get back to that headspace at 17-year-old. Well, like, I mean, I think like Fiona Apple was big and Alanis Morissette. I yeah, didn't really yeah, respond yeah. so much to that. I did not like the Alanis sort of like let me sell you girl power. I like hated that. I still right, don't like right, that right, stuff. Right. They still do a lot of that. Like, my kid was watching like Cartoon Network or something the other day and it goes – they showed something and they go, Sundays on Cartoon Network are like girl power Sundays. And I was like, oh, okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are just power, which means boys. Mm-hmm. Why are you advertising that? Right, right. And I get mm. so I got so angry. My husband was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know? But I, that, know. I hated totally. it then, and I fucking hate it now. Yeah. Well, that's fair. <laughs> well, Always be authentic. Yeah. Speaking of girl power, first of all, thank you for, for being here with us. If you had one final thought to leave with everyone, uh, Coming from Julie or Hestaprin, what would that be? Um, music is an invisible way to get people to feel and think whatever you want them to feel and think. And people shouldn't, people, brands, you know, whether you're like seducing someone personally or professionally, like, do not underestimate what you can make people feel without having to do or say anything by playing the right song. Like, be careful what you're listening to before you walk into a meeting, you know, because this is all the stuff that we communicate without speaking, like all of our energy, like that is real. I'm very like metaphysical, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that stuff is very real. And so if you can harness that, like you have a a lot of power. And how can people get in touch with you? Um, So my website is hesterprin.com. My Instagram is at Hesterprin Music. That's my Instagram and my Twitter. Um, and I'm on Spotify, Hesterprin on Spotify. And I have an ongoing playlist that I update every week. It's called Hesterprin is a DJ. H-E-S-T-A-P-R-Y-N-N is a DJ. And I update it every week. And so you can tell kind of like what I'm working on. Because like <laughs> one whole week, it'll be like, oh, she's really playing a lot of Motown that week. And then like <laughs> the next week, it's all like 90s throwback. And then it's like all girl groups, you know. So that's, I really like keeping that list. I love it. Yeah, well. Fun. Thank you, Hesta Pren and Julie, for joining us. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you to Michael and to Natasha. Thank you. This has been Content Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. 
Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at contentisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.